0: Welcome back to Walking New Paths, where we learn and journey with people forging their way through life with faith and courage. Before we jump into it, we'd like to take a moment to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the lands we currently stand on, as we work, learn and live. We acknowledge their spirit, their history, their story and their strength. We recognise their enduring connection to country and we pay our respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. We recognize that this land was never ceded and we look forward in this moment to partaking in their ancient tradition of sharing stories. In this next episode, we're hearing from Brother Arian, a De brother from the Philippines that shares his experiences and stories and speaks specifically to the idea of innovation and how it's very much so a part of the larger Lasallian story. We hope that you enjoy. Over to you, Brother Arian.
1: Hi, my name's Brother Arian. It's a shame that we didn't get to meet each other face to face, but uh, we are supposed to be talking about this thing called new pathways, things that are new. When you think about that, when I think about that, I think of the word innovation. And oftentimes when that word comes up in our heads, words like new, cutting edge, thinking out of the box, um, for many in the last few years, it's all about technology. But I think new pathways, innovation, I I think these things won't happen if we don't take into consideration the words tradition, basic, patterns, and well-established processes. Also, Uh, innovation for some has to be big, grand, world-changing, life-changing even. But I think what we forget is that these big things start from very, very small beginnings, from small ideas that oftentimes are answers to simple, single questions. And That's the theme that we're going to take as we go through uh, this journey of innovation in the Lasallian sense. So, stick around. We're going to talk about how St. LaSalle innovated, what has come after him, and what do we have to look forward to as we journey together as one Lasallian family. So, where does our story start? Um, where does the Lasallian story begin? And we're not going to go through the nitty-gritty of St. LaSalle's life, but I'd like to call this section, um, the, the, the title I have in my mind is, Because Lasall said yes. And that's why there is a Lasallian story. So let's take a look at uh, a particular perspective uh, in looking at St. LaSalle's life. Um, the picture that you see right now, well, not the anime uh, the anime rendition of St. LaSalle. I think most likely it's from, from Hakodate in, in, in Japan. And it just shows you the, the wide reach of, of, of the Lasallian family in the world. But it's the picture there where you could see three figures and it's St. LaSalle, a young boy, and then a man. And for, for people, it's it's that moment in his life where everything changes. Because up until this point, I think St. LaSalle was pretty set in his ways. He was very clear as early as maybe 11 years old that he wanted to be a priest and that he was going to probably stay in uh, in Reims for the, for the rest of his life, serving as a parish priest and maybe even becoming a bishop. But in his head, his primary role in life was to help people deepen their relationship with God through their relationship with the church and in their participation in the sacraments. Now, it's at this point where Adrian Yell hears that St. LaSalle has been helping different people out, and he wanted to ask St. LaSalle one question, and I think the question probably could be sort of condensed and, and probably modernized to say, can you help me teach poor children to read, write, and do arithmetic or their maths? Because uh, in that point in France, um, the only way you could learn these things was if you had enough money to hire a private tutor so that you would be able to learn these things as a young child and then move on to university and get higher learning or maybe move into trade and, and, and inherit whatever it is that your family ran as a business. Uh, so the only schools that the church ran at the time were schools where they would teach poor people how to pray. And those were prayers in Latin because if you were Catholic back in that time, um the 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 way you worship was through Latin. So he was he he posed this question to Saint LaSalle and Saint LaSalle um probably uh, was thinking, okay, I'll help him out this one time and then I can go back to the dream of serving God by being a priest. But we all know because we're still around and we're, we're talking right now that that didn't happen. And this is the single simple question that has changed his, that changed his life and has changed all of our lives and will continue to change people's lives, um, hopefully, far into the future. So what were the things that St. LaSalle had to do in order to be able to teach First of all, he wasn't a teacher, so he figured everything out himself and the people he he asked to help him with this new project. So in order to teach a lot of people all at the same time, they had to change their way of of thinking. It can't just be one on one. So they found a way to bring a lot of young children together in, in what they now call the classroom and find different ways of 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 transmitting information and imparting different skills to different people of different ages and different learning styles. So it was probably messy at the beginning, but through trial and error and through sharing of information, Saint LaSalle and the early school, the teachers that he he asked to help him out, the brothers, they sort of figured it out. One of the first things they figured out was it was never going to be successful if they stuck to what other people were were doing, which was to teach in in Latin. So they decided we will teach in the vernacular, which of course in France is French. And in the process, um, they were able to to help France sort of um, have one language. You know, in, in different country, in in different parts of a country. Um, people would say things differently, write things differently, pronounce things differently. But because the brothers taught in one way and taught and had one way of doing things from north to south, east to west, um, the brothers sort of stabilized the French language in, in, in the way they were teaching. Um, the brothers uh, and St. La who learned from their mistakes and from their successes, um, were able to put all of these things together, uh, write them down, and also find a way to teach potential teachers uh, how to do the things that they learned the hard way more easily. So up until that point, there was no such thing as uh, teacher training colleges in France. Um, but because of the success of the schools that St. LaSalle and the brothers uh, established uh, one school at a time, um, there were more, there were more invitations from different places, and they had to find uh, innovative and creative ways to train new teachers to serve the needs of the poor and of those people who were interested in learning. Not everybody in the mainstream schools were uh, were able to learn. And the brothers in St. Salle recognized that earlier on so that they were able to find different ways of teaching people who didn't fit in the system uh, immediately. So there, there was this reform, reform school for delinquents where people who had behavioral problems and probably at the time learning difficulties, they were taken out of the, the regular system and they were given the space and the time to be able to catch up and and find their their abilities and discover their, their talents and discover that given enough time, uh, they could in fact learn. As more and more people learned the basics, there was now a need to be able to specialize. And back then you had to be an apprentice to a master. but then the brothers realized that there were trades that were developing that they were that they needed to to answer the need for. So that they developed uh, schools for bookkeeping, uh, maritime schools where people would be taught the skills in order to 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 run a ship or or, or do do trading for or be part of a crew of a boat. Um, there were a lot of clerks and uh, people who needed to write down stuff, and the brothers specialized in how to be able to teach people to to write so that people who needed professional encoders in that sense Um, they were able to teach them and more and more invitations from all over France and maybe even outside of France started to come in and the brothers had to learn to be able to establish these schools uh, efficiently and quickly and um, aside from the technical specific skills um, as, as people learned more things and learned the basics quicker there was this growing need for them to be able to access, you know, the more sophisticated things like uh, modern languages—not just French, but maybe Italian and German and uh, English, which which was which was growing back then—but also to be able to access things like the arts and sciences. So from one plus one is equal to two and A B C to Z, it became things like learning Shakespeare or learning, you know, impressionistic you know, art or in different things. All because at that point, um, at the beginning, actually, if you look at it, all St. LaSalle wanted to answer at the beginning was, how do we help people read, write, and do their maths? So it's interesting to see that this single simple question that he tried to answer sort of blossomed into some large enterprise that he never dreamt of, of, of reaching at the beginning of the process of answering that question. As St. LaSalle and the First Brothers committed themselves more to the different projects that would help answer the question, can you help young people learn and improve their lives, they found themselves being invited by people all over France to set up schools. Pretty soon, the whole of France would have, or most of France from North, South, East, and West, would have a brother's school and you would have young people engaged in learning and moving on from basic reading and writing and math to the other things that we talked about in the previous segment. Now if we look at history at some point because of things like the French Revolution and the other upheavals uh, in Europe, the brothers would be forced to look out into the world and find other places where they could be of service. Pretty soon, as you can see at the map right now, um, the brothers would find themselves in all the four corners of the world and looking for different ways to respond to the need of learning and the need to improve oneself. And in the long run, to find salvation for the souls, which was what Saint LaSalle also felt education was doing. In the next few segments, we'll take a look at the fruits of the work that this early LaSallean family produced and to see where. And what are the Lasallian family members doing in the world today? So what does the Lasallian family look like today? 342 years after St. LaSalle said yes to Adrian Yale, there are about 3,000 brothers all over the world in 80 countries, as you can see on the screen right now. There used to be, I think, 8,000 in the 60s and 70s. But because times have changed and life is a cycle, um, there are less brothers now. The blessing is the Lasallian Mission is still very much alive because you've got about 90,000 teachers, office staff, and all sorts of people working in our educational projects to help the brothers uh, make sure that the saying yes to education and to young people happens 342 years after St. LaSalle. We can find them in 1,100 educational projects, mostly in schools, primary, secondary, and in universities and postgraduate studies. But there are also other projects that are related to education that LaSallians are involved in. And all in all, if you put them all together in those 1,100 projects, there are about a million students all over the world who are Lasallian, who are trying to find their best selves in our schools. And if you take a look at all of this, we still are, 342 years after, still trying to answer the challenge of helping people to read, write, and do maths, yes, but also helping them find their purpose in life. And maybe for the discussion that's coming right now, Let's simplify the question and just say, how have Lasallians all over the world answered the call for help? First stop is the Philippines, uh, where I come from. The brothers first arrived in the Philippines in 1911. As you can see on the screen, the statistics are 16 schools, 90,000 students, and 12,000 teachers and staff working in that network of 16 schools. Uh, What you can see right now on the screen are three farmers who have just made a four to five hour drive from the north of uh, the Philippines to deliver produce that we have purchased from them directly using donations given by uh, Lasalian Filipinos all over the world. And this is because the pandemic has hit a lot of people who live around our schools very hard Uh, The lockdown has not given them the opportunity to be able to work, and they don't have money to buy their essentials. So since last year, the LaSalle schools all over the Philippines have been gathering donations and distributing them to the people who need them the most. Um, Here's a group of people who have been involved in that endeavor uh, since the pandemic and the lockdown started. The other way that we've been helping out is opening our schools to people who work in hospitals so that instead of going home and risk infecting the their loved ones, they can go to the LaSalle schools where they can take a shower, get some food, and get rest so that they'll be able to work again after they've they've been able to refresh themselves. Here's a picture of the brothers and some of the school staff welcoming uh, the workers and the doctors from a hospital that's about a 15-minute uh, walk from uh, that school. And this is what uh, their quarters look like. You know, it's it's the best you can do given that, you know, things are locked down back in the Philippines. It's not just during pand- the pandemic where the Lasallian network has been uh, activated because the Philippines is... Uh, directly in the path of many tropical storms and uh, it produces a whole host of uh, natural calamities. Uh, We've learned to be able to respond quickly uh, to the needs of the people who are directly affected by these natural disasters. Um, As you can see um, we've become very adept at collecting and distributing relief goods So that we can work with the government and non-government organizations to make sure that these basic necessities are sent to the people who need them the most at the quickest time possible. While this is not about reading, writing, and arithmetic, learning to become a good human being is certainly one of the goals of LaSalle School. And I think over the years, this is one uh, way that we're able to answer the question uh, can we help if you take a three-hour airplane ride northwest or is it southwest I'm not sure but if you travel three hours by a plane and you go west you'll find you'll probably find yourself. one of the places you'll find yourself in is Singapore and Singapore has had a lasallian school there since 1852 so it's hundred sixty-nine years There are eight schools presently in that country with close to 13,000 students and 1,200 staff. Singapore is a very busy place. They're they're, they're very goal-oriented. And even students at a young age find themselves uh, very, very, very busy. But there's a group of people who are called the Lasallian Youth Network who find ways to help out. And what is the La Youth Network? They're a 15-year-old group, and they're composed of people who go through leadership camps and training sessions, much like what we have here in Australia, New Zealand, Pakistan, and Papua New Guinea. And what these young people do is after their respective camps or conferences or seminars, they are given the opportunity to help out in different projects. And the main project that they've been doing since uh, the beginning of their uh, uh, creation of that group is that Saturday mentoring session. What they do is they go to a community center, a place where uh, the government has set up an area where people can, can, can meet and do different activities. And they help young people go through their homework and their schoolwork for the week. In Singapore, if you have the funds, it's very easy for you to employ or to ask help or to, to get a private tutor to help you go through the more difficult parts of your schoolwork because they're very, very uh, particular and they're very, it's, it's a big priority getting high marks in their exams. Unfortunately, not everybody in Singapore can afford a private tutor, so what our young people do. On Saturdays, instead of resting or studying for themselves, they go to these centers and they help these young people uh, go through their schoolwork. It's almost like a Saturday school where you also have recess and some other breaks and some uh, physical activities that our volunteers, our young Lasallians, put together for them. So that it's not just about the brain or the head, but it's also about the hands and the heart and also the stomach because they also provide snacks for these young people, on special occasions, our young Lasallians also accompany uh, these young kids who normally don't have time or money to to go to special places like the zoo. So uh, they they go with them as well, so that it's not just about uh, all studies and academics, but it's also learning outside the classroom. This is a picture of. Uh, the year-end celebrations that our young Lasalians put together in cooperation with the community center for the young people who attend the Saturday mentoring sessions. What's interesting is normally, uh, because they're very busy, our students don't have time to interact with each other. Even though Singapore is such a small country, if you're from one Lasalle school, you have very little to do with people from the other LaSalle schools. But because of the LaSallean Youth Network, um, it has become a place where LaSalleans from all over Singapore uh, are able to form community and are able to answer the challenge of helping people out. It's not just young people that uh, this network helps. Uh, As you can see from the screen, our volunteers are going through Uh, the nitty-gritty of operating smartphones with the older Singaporeans. So it's not just young people who need to learn, uh, old people need to learn, older people need to learn as well. And our young Lasallians have been uh, regularly helping uh, the senior members of the Singaporean community to deal with the intricacies of modern innovation. The other good thing that the Young Lasalians do in uh, Singapore is that around the time and in other special occasions, but most especially during Chinese New Year, they go to the apartment blocks where you can find uh, the senior members of the community who don't have family and they help them prepare for Chinese New Year by cleaning out their apartments, uh, helping them organize their things, and painting different places that need a bit of touch-up, and I think that's an interesting thing to do. Um, given that, if you think about it, they really have no free time. Young young people, our young people in Singapore, have very little free time because of their priorities of uh, becoming very, very good students academically. But as you can see, uh, people who want to do something will find a way to be able to help other people out. Welcome to Malaysia, uh, which is very, very close to Singapore, literally a stone's throw away. They were both established in 1852, and because Malaysia had a larger population and there were a lot more brothers uh, in Malaysia, uh, today we have 40 schools who draw their origins from the, the schools that the brothers set up since 1852, about 16 to 17,000 students and thousand four hundred staff. They also have, and I think they're, they're the beginnings of the Lasallian youth network in Singapore. They draw inspiration from the Lasallian youth network in Malaysia, which is directly tied to the LaSalle Center in Malaysia. We also have a LaSalle Center here in Australia, and there's a LaSalle Center in Malaysia as well. Um, they're thirty years old, and as you can see from this picture. Um, there's a wide range of ages from the young ones who just went through their programs to people who attended their first Lasallian convention 30 years ago. And some of them are still very active in uh, helping out at the Lasalle Center and their different activities up until this day. It's the same thing, I think, with, with uh, Malaysia, Singapore, and Australia. Young people are given the opportunity to flex their leadership. Muscles in Lasallian camps, conferences, and seminars. And the next few pictures are different activities that they do. And uh, just like in Singapore, the option to be able to help out after these conventions and camps is given to them. And a lot of them actually take up the invitation and find themselves in the different responses uh, that Malaysia has put out Uh, to the question, can you help? Um, They raise funds and give uh, school equipment and school supplies to the people in the different schools who will not be able to afford them because they're not as affluent or their families are not as uh, financially stable as the rest of the people. They go through different activities within their respective communities across the Malaysian archipelago, and things like coastal cleanups or community cleanups um, are arranged with the schools and with the LaSalle Center. Um, As you can see on the screen, these are some people who are uh, still very much involved in uh, the activities of the LaSallean Youth Network. What I find genuinely interesting and inspiring is that some of these people have been out of their programs five, six, seven years, some of them even 10 years, but they keep on coming back and giving their time and energy to be able to make sure that what they went through as young people, um, future generations of Malaysian Lasalians can uh, can avail of as well. In fact, they've they've really come up with a good system and the people that you see on the screen right now are the people who have been elected as the leaders of the Lasallian Youth Network in Malaysia who will serve from I think 2021 to 2023 who will continue to assist and shape the way Lasallian youth in Malaysia will respond to uh, the needs of the lost, the last and uh, the least. And uh, it's an interesting model for for us to, to think about and see, is there something that we can do similar to what some of the people that we've seen have done in their respective places? And so we're back from that virtual field trip to the same question that we started with in the beginning. And how does this question have to do with innovation and new paths? So... Innovation, I think, in my view, is an answer to a simple, single question. No matter how complicated or how circuitous the journey or the experiment or the projects, no matter how long they take, it normally comes from a simple question. So always have that question in mind. The other thing is, uh, we've learned in the last few minutes we've spent with each other that innovation, great innovation, comes from a great desire to help out those in need, those most in need. I think for the Lasallian story, innovation also means having to work with others, that you cannot change, you cannot effect great change if you do it by yourself. And then lastly, uh, whether it is something that you relate to religion, or to love, or that the universe is good, innovation is fueled or powered by the belief that a greater power, a greater cause, the greater cause that you have taken up will sustain your efforts despite the challenges that you may face. So, As we end our time together, and I thank you for paying attention, we're here today, 340 years later, because 340 years ago, LaSalle said yes to Adrian Yell. Today, we're asked the same question. Can we help? And I wait for your answer. And I hope that your answer will be yes. Live Jesus in our hearts forever.